to this week's episode of The Witch's Tea, where we'll be talking about spirituality and witchcraft. I'm Mallorin of Moonlight Divination on all platforms. And I'm Violet from Violet the Green Witch and Fox and Bear Healing on all platforms. We bring magic and chaos into your life. Yes, we do. (laughs) (laughs) So today we are talking about spirituality and witchcraft. Yes. Um, And I think we wanted to talk about first about our own experiences of why we identify as witches um, and what does that practice look like for us. Uh, and the episode also will do uh, a deep dive into this whole culture of people using witch as an aesthetic and um, other forms that don't necessarily encompass uh, the spiritual side of witchcraft, but we want to explore those two aspects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of strange. It's very strange. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, I guess we want to just go more into like, I guess, our practice first. Yeah. Um, you want to go first? Sure. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, at least those of you who have heard our first episode about us. Um, you know that my practice started really as a Wiccan, so. Um, although like I grew up Catholic and I, which I have covered all this, but when I was in college, I actually started st- uh, studying, uh, Wicca and, um, I spent a year studying it before I even began to, you know, practice mm-hmm. magic because, you know, I wanted to do what was normally done for someone who was in a coven. I didn't have a coven. It was a lot harder to, to find mm-hmm. a coven and to find a yeah. group, anybody, because it was <laughs> such a secret thing, you know, like. Mm-hmm. you know being a witch was you know basically like everybody thought you were worshiping the devil and not and and i'm not saying that that mm-hmm. kind of thinking doesn't still exist but there's a lot more acceptance where there are a lot more so many witches now we see on instagram mm-hmm. and all the social medias and everything but for for me i like i remember like where i wouldn't tell anybody that mm-hmm. i was a witch and i never said i was a witch i said i was wiccan at the time mm-hmm. even though like to me, they were synonymous. I mean, because mm-hmm. you are a witch. Wicca is just a a specific religion. Um, and back in the 90s, it was actually very different, right? Like mm-hmm. where Wicca actually was just kind of synonymous with being a witch. Like there was no separation of it like there is now, where now it's really, truly accepted more as a religion. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, it was wonderful because you know here was this spirituality that um helped me to embrace my psychic and mediumship Mm -hmm. gifts uh it didn't tell me that i was evil (laughs) and uh also the fact that it was nature-based which to me was everything because i grew up with a lot of animals Mm -hmm. and a lot of plants and you know um i learned a lot from my family about respecting nature um and to me, you know, incorporating that into a spiritual mm-hmm. belief and having that uh, as a spiritual belief to me was like the perfect thing. And I didn't identify as pagan back then, but I was mm-hmm. even because like when I started my practice, I was already working with Demeter, with Diana, with Aphrodite, with Isis, you know. So I was working with, uh, uh, you know, different pantheons, but I was working with mostly goddesses. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was such a wonderful uh like find or or like a revelation for me because you know everything else I tried before because I tried other mm-hmm. things and the mm-hmm. thing is like I I tried Buddhism you know like like neo Buddhism I would say like with the chanting and the whole thing you know I started thing. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah. so like I went mm-hmm. on a lot of different avenues before you know before the age of 18 mm-hmm. to discover what spirituality you know resonated with me because I was a spiritual person always since I was very young you know I just grew up Catholic but my family was never strict Catholics especially Mm -hmm. coming out of you know communist Cuba like they didn't have that Mm -hmm. so um our our faith was sort of like very fluid Mm -hmm. and where we incorporated like I Mm -hmm. like I said in the other episode like my grandmother incorporated uh you know a form of Santeria but I would call it more folk magic since she wasn't initiated. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And that helped to inform and sort of like create this like beautiful spiritual picture for me um, that I couldn't find in anything, right? Until my friend introduced me into Wicca, into witchcraft. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was just like a like a breakthrough for me basically mm-hmm. and and where i found like myself to be like at home in that mm-hmm. spirituality really how about cool. you um i mean where so what would you classify yourself as like, now yeah like, now you have to like give yourself yeah like, if i wanted to give myself a name i would mm-hmm. say that i am a pagan witch mm-hmm. that's what i would call myself mm-hmm. i say i'm a green witch only mm-hmm. because i i've been working pretty much my whole life with plants and mm-hmm. with herbs and you know, and using not only in a magical sense, but also using it for healing, you know, like for mm-hmm. me, I gravitate to plant medicine over modern medicine, mm-hmm. majority of my life. Yeah. I trust the plants. Um, I don't trust chemicals, <laughs> you know? Um, so that's what I would call, you know, cause I know that there's so many names now there's, you know, like kitchen witch, green witch, cottage witch, and all these, and these <laughs> are just all, I feel like aesthetics and they're not actual yeah. spiritual, uh, I don't want to n- names or, or like identifying things, but if, if mm-hmm. I had to pick one, I would say green witch. And if not, I would say hedge witch only because I do use spirits a lot, but that's normal mm-hmm. for all witches. Yeah. All witches work with spirits. It's like part of being a witch. Exactly. So I agree. Yeah. I feel like um, the classifications are, which is interesting. I think we're going to go deeper into mm-hmm. this, but um, just I feel like in any spiritual practice, and it's interesting because like witchcraft is always kind of always the uh, on the outskirts, mm-hmm. and even within the outskirts, you still have people still trying to classify and put people into a box. Absolutely, which happens in everything. I'm yeah. not trying to say like it's, but it's really interesting. It's quite interesting, and it's and what I've I'm sure you've noticed that a lot of that putting into a box is coming more from like a newer generation of of witches which is interesting to see which i think you know which can also just be just them coming from their own classification of this is how things are um but anyway but that's like yeah i mean i'm asking that because i just find it interesting that i mean i consider myself being an eclectic witch right i have a different um connection to witchcraft from you like i i learned about wicca um kind of because it's, it's a new system it's like originally like in 60s or 70s it's much like, older actually it's from the it? 1940s, 1940s uh with yeah. uh uh Ger- gerald gardner is oh, the one yes. that sort of coined it and okay. it actually gardner yeah mm-hmm. and uh before even before the you know there was the the mm-hmm. last witchcraft law was in england mm-hmm. and it was abolished in uh 1950 mm-hmm. so he was practicing before that even okay. so there was like a so but he i feel like there's like a, a lot of issues behind the whole gardener thing because mm-hmm. there is like the, you know, white man sort of like taking from a lot, mm-hmm. not only, you know, he was taking from like, you know, European beliefs, but he was also taking from other beliefs. I feel like incorporating them into like yeah. the, into Wicca, mm-hmm. which it's mostly Celtic, I believe, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of it, but there are parts of it that are questionable for sure. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, so for me, <laughs> I didn't really it wasn't like Wicca for me. It was um, like growing up in like, I guess in the Caribbean, my Caribbean family or this Caribbean world, like it was more um, mixture of like Santeria, um, voodoo, hoodoo. And that, and me, it was more like initially being um, introduced into it through mediumship and through being a psychic and I didn't really know how to classify it or what that really meant yeah and it was more me kind of exploring and reading and reading all the reference books at the library and anything I mean it's again pre-internet right it's right. just like pre all that stuff so this is me kind of going as deep as I could into and I used to read all the National Geographic magazines and it was like yeah like looking at witchcraft in like Africa or witchcraft in in like Nepal or things like that so I was just like oh okay well what try me trying to like understand and put words into what I was experiencing and then from there just kind of knowing I mean it's I hate to use those terms being like a natural witch but I feel like I was like you said like always being drawn to animals like yeah I, and then I started picking up things and just noticing like yeah I've always been drawn to animals and like working with my third eye and working with the with mediumship and that just became like a natural thing and it was just me just reading alongside with those materials is kind of like 
uh, not gonna say trying to find answers, but trying to like, yeah, like, okay, if I'm feeling this, what does this mean? Why am I feeling this? And then realizing, oh, that's clairsentience. And then there are other clairs. I'm like, let me explore that and dive into this and feel. And so that was more of like an exploration for me. And um, so, yeah, I, I always consider myself to be, I guess, an eclectic witch or I mean, like you said, I just feel like all witches kind of encompasses, encompass all of these different. Yeah, exactly. Um, different things i think just because of my interest in history and um folklore and i just was always interested in learning about other cultures so i just became i guess naturally deemed a eclectic witch because i'm like dabbling in celtic stuff dabbling in vicenteria dabbling mm-hmm. in this dabbling in that and just kind of incorporating what felt right to me mm-hmm. um which i still do and uh yeah i think that's kind of I guess how, and I feel like, yeah, the hedge bush thing, definitely, because that was like my, that was my first calling. It was in the, in the spiritual world. It was like working with spirits. That was the first thing. Yeah. It wasn't anything. It wasn't tarot. It wasn't astrology. It wasn't, um, same working with the moon. I mean, I, you know, obviously I knew these things existed, but it was just like, yeah, the biggest thing was this guy just, just would not leave my room. <laughs> it was like, I had to figure out how to, uh, work around this, um, so yeah, for me, that was my introduction into it. And like pretty much looks to myself like an eclectic hedge witch, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I hate labels in general. Yeah. So that's yeah. kind of like why, because I, I would mm-hmm. go back and forth on like to label myself. I would mm-hmm. say eclectic too, whatever. Mm-hmm. And now I say green witch, but mm-hmm. they're just, they're made up. They're literally <laughs> made up and they're made up just in the last few years. Yeah. It's not even something that's existed throughout, you know, like yeah. time immemorial of witchcraft. I mean, like, which is not even a real <laughs> word as far as like, yeah. it's just sort of something that Christianity gave, you know, mm-hmm. women that were, you know, in their own power and mm-hmm. like maybe like using medicine that they didn't, you know, uh, necessarily deem appropriate mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be right so yeah. yes which is a very broad term for sure but mm-hmm. i feel like in you know in the time of mm-hmm. social media explosion mm-hmm. all these like and i'm sorry to say it, ridiculous labels have come up <laughs> there's just so many i mean like cottage witch so you so what makes you a cottage witch is you make your own things and decorate your home like who doesn't do that <laughs> i mean like you know like there's just like so many things kitchen mm-hmm. witch you, you know, you cook a lot or, and you incorporate your magic into that. I mean, like I spent a lot of time in the kitchen, like I would be considered a kitchen witch too. So it's just, it's to me, it's silly, mm-hmm. you know? And, but, and I also think too, coming from, a, you know, a, being a, a, a queer person too, on top of it, that, that labeling too becomes an issue mm-hmm. for me, like where I don't like those labels to begin with people love to label us oh well you're this or you're that Mm -hmm. first of all what the hell do you care what my identity is Mm -hmm. right like as far as sexuality is concerned Mm -hmm. but then like then you have this too it feels like our society just loves to put labels on absolutely everybody to put them in the box like which is what we were talking about before they love to box everybody into these categories and if you step Mm -hmm. out of your category it's Mm -hmm. like you're stepping out of line of some sort like it's not your it's not your place (laughs) get back in your box you know and it's super irritating because we're we're humans and if you're practicing this in a in a spiritual sense you evolve as a human being mm-hmm. and as a spirit you know like that's what you're here to do is to evolve and you can't evolve if you're put into a box for sure i mean this is something we were talking about this morning yeah um where we're both kind of going through a rebranding mm-hmm. of our practice and again it's not really like we're shifting we're just I mean, we do, we do so many things. So it's just a matter of like, if we do like 20 different things in Instagram or whatever, only kind of, we're only been showing one or two of those things. Right. Um, I think for me, I, my previous moniker was Moon Lady Astrology and I was quite happy, but I had a guy, a nice ring. It kind of flowed well. And I was happy with that. And I've always been obviously loving astrology. But knowing that I do so much more, I just felt it was so limiting. So I changed my name to Moonlight Divination. And we were talking about this, even the fact that like, I was like, wait a minute, does everybody know what divination is? <laughs> like even having to like define it. Yeah. So yeah, I just feel like this rebranding of like almost seeing like, hey, how do we want to be seen on social media? And 
to resist the need to niche down. This is such a big thing. Like I see this in a lot yeah. of marketing courses and um, all the influencers will have that. That's like a big thing. Niche down, niche down. I'm like, I don't want to niche down. I'm like, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, like I, why, why do I have to be just one thing? And the thing is, I've seen that a lot, especially on YouTube, a lot of like readers or um, just spiritual practitioners. And you can see when they're getting bored. Yeah, you can feel it. You can feel like they're like, you know what? I kind of want to shift the way I'm doing this. And there is a reticence and there's a fear um, that people won't accept it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I think people just definitely have a fear that like, oh, my God, if I change this, people will stop following me mm-hmm. or whatever, because we're so uh, like influenced by mm-hmm. our presence on social media. Mm-hmm. Right. And a lot of people are obviously like dependent on it for their business. Mm-hmm. Right that they're afraid to like even go a little bit, you know, different or something. Mm-hmm. But again, we're human beings. We need to evolve. We can't always do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And like to be bored with your own practice. I mean, that's mm-hmm. very sad. That's like that's sad. like, mm-hmm. you should be able to explore your spirituality. And mm-hmm. even if you're doing it on camera, you need to have the freedom to do that because that is more important than having a gazillion followers, you know, yeah. your growth, your spiritual growth is absolutely the most important thing. That's what you're here for. For sure. You're not here just to be on Instagram. You're mm-hmm. here to develop as a spirit, you know? Yeah. I mean, we've been doing this practice way before Instagram is even a thing. Exactly. You know? and exactly. I mean, it's, I feel like that's also sometimes what gets lost. And I totally understand because, and I don't want to be like one of those people who's like, oh, this generation. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's like yeah. but, i mean to me it's just the reality of it i feel like it's not even just this generation i'm not going to deem as like gen yeah. z or anything no. like that i feel like it's all of us that have been in you know social media has become such a big part of our lives yeah that um it's like well we are people outside of that it doesn't really it doesn't it's almost like dictating so much of how we show up in the world and i Again, I'm going to be one of those people where I do sometimes, I don't know, it sounds weird to say like, you know, maybe like everything could just disappear one day, you know, like going back to going back to old school way of doing things. And um, I don't know, just networking, kind of like having fly. I remember this one with flyers and oh just God, yeah. actually meeting people and doing things in a more organic way rather than just. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just my my own thing. Maybe it's just me us harking back to the um, cancer moments. I'm always harking back to the past and oh, the good old days. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, like, we we both grew up during a time that none of this was present, and it was a very different type of life. Yes, the internet and uh, you know, the internet has made our lives much easier and helped us communicate around the world with people, which is wonderful, right? And it actually helped break down a lot of barriers as well. Mm-hmm super wonderful but there is this thing where where you know social media is now dictating like you're saying Mm -hmm. your actual life like how you Mm -hmm. lead it you know like Mm -hmm. so dictating your choices even and that's Mm -hmm. not good and you know like for me I struggle a lot of times on social media where I'm just like oh my god you know I have to keep I need to choose one thing to stick to so people know to go to me for that one thing but I'm not that person. And Mm -hmm. it's something that I've always struggled with, even in, you know, as an artist, you know, being a working artist as a graphic designer or as an illustrator, Mm -hmm. that people are always looking for that one style. You need to fit in that one box. So they know that you're that, but we're artists and we need to evolve. (laughs) So fine artists are allowed to evolve, Mm -hmm. but other artists are not, you know, and it's the same thing. I mean, like you're creating content. That's a form of creativity. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And I think it's the same thing. Like, the public always is expecting a very simple, you know, one thing out of you as if you were just like, you know, like you're going to your Netflix and picking a show and that Mm -hmm. show is about this one thing and they never change it because it's about this one thing, Mm -hmm. but that's a show. That's not a human being. We're human beings. And I, and I keep saying that, but I just want to remind everybody that we are human (laughs) beings. We're not a program, you know, like it's Mm -hmm. not, we're not actors. We're real people. Um, and and I think that's that definitely plays into a lot of the, uh, you know, labeling of what kind of witchcraft you're doing, mm-hmm. you know, making, you know, like people doing like spells right on Instagram mm-hmm. or uh, showing things that probably should be kept kind of mm-hmm. personal because it is a spiritual practice. Mm-hmm. So that 
to me kind of like makes me question to the the authenticity of some people that are on Instagram. Like, are you truly doing this for spiritual sake or are you doing this for just getting followers, you know? And, and that's a little disturbing to me. It's very disturbing. I, it was interesting. I was um, thinking of doing like a, I think we just, I mean, just full transparency, like we're setting up for this and we, it took us forever to just figure out the camera stuff. And we just like went with the, um, webcam. <laughs> but it's like even for me like I was like oh I want to do some videos on like um because looking at my my jars and I know like you you probably have more of an aesthetic um like you're more like a, a clean aesthetic and for me like my jars are an absolute mess yeah. they're a mess like I have my cabinet and I have all my stuff organized but literally I was washing out um I was like reorganizing my my kitchen and I had like all these like pickle jars and um spaghetti sauce jars and I keep them all wash them out so why? and but I don't I don't take off the labels <laughs> that's fine I don't have time for it like I'm just like and I was looking at some stuff on like social and it's like everything and then you know TikTok she's like I know yeah I get it some people are just like maybe like oh and then I order these like um these these jars from this place and I had I'm like oh that's beautiful but I'm like first of all for me I was like oh these are too small for me like I need more and right. like I've had so many instances where I've ordered things and it's not exactly what I like or the jar is not really accessible to like pull to, to take the herb out when okay. I need it I'm like you know what I have time for this I know the olive jar works I'm gonna use that well, not only that it's just, that's sustainable and that's exactly. kind of what I you know like I think it's so important especially yeah. as witches to yeah. be mindful of what we're consuming right because mm-hmm. the consumerism of, of even of witchcraft which is a whole other thing right mm-hmm. like it it you know makes people think like oh i need to buy these perfect jars and whatever like yeah. we literally buy food all the time that comes in jar in mm-hmm. jars that's food safe and mm-hmm. all you need to is wash them out and if you want like me i'm a little anal about that kind of stuff <laughs> so i make yeah. li- you know like yeah. really nice labels and everything whatever yeah. you know or even like handwrite them like try to make them really nice and uh but I'm reusing the mm-hmm. glass jars because I know that majority of things that are recycled are not recycled. Literally 90% of mm-hmm. things we recycle go into the landfills. So okay. we crazy. need to step it up mm-hmm. as witches. It's our responsibility. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the other factor for me too, about like the whole, you know, witchcraft, you know, spirituality mm-hmm. slash aesthetic or, or versus ecstatic mm-hmm. aesthetics too, where people are just more concerned about mm-hmm what their jars are going to look like on Instagram versus like, you know, what is this doing to the environment by me buying more of this, you know, you know, unnecessary glass when there's perfectly good ones, when Mm -hmm. I finish my spaghetti jar or (laughs) whatever, or my mayonnaise or whatever the hell you're using. Those are great jars. (laughs) All you have to do is wash them. Mm -hmm. The other thing you can do is you could take, um, I I get like one, I have one of those razors to take like paint and stuff off windows. So I'll take, I take one of those and I just like scrape it off, you know? That's not what I need. Cause I just, I, I'm very patient but I lose patience with that. And I'm just like, I don't have time. If I, it's like, especially if it's, like, it's something I need to do right then and there, like I just don't have time to do all that. So it's like, I, if I'm with the scraper, I'm like, literally the camera mill has to go in. I need to go in right now. <laughs> like that's what I, that's, that's the thing. I think like the focus of this is like, if we're doing this practice, like it is a practice. And right. it's something that um, I think we should definitely talk about. <laughs> like I was talking about this more, but like, you know, just even outside of witchcraft, I mean, just the grounding and doing protection work mm-hmm. and meditation, it's called a spiritual practice because you are meant to do this consistently, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. And you have to put a certain amount of energy into that work. And I, you know, I guess it's in our culture, the capitalist culture and consumerist culture that wants things so quickly and fast and done. And um, I feel like maybe I've a lot of the a lot of the appeal for witchcraft i feel is um this is what we're seeing too a lot of people using it as a which is great an empowerment tool because that's what which yeah was, absolutely was absolutely yeah. For. but i also feel like they're um using it as like this i had to call it a spiritual atm which is um <laughs> that's I, perfect it's really interesting like i remember my sister was saying like oh i just um manifest or extra guides and i was like I'm always a little bit wary of that. You know, I mean, I do ask them for certain things, but I'm always like conscious of constantly doing connections with them. Again, on my own terms, on my own time, but um, making it like I'm talking to a friend, right? And talking to an actual being rather than just like, hey, I need this thing right now, right? And then like 
ignore them the whole time, which I I feel happens a lot, especially in new age spirituality, where it's just like, um, you know, the whole manifestation thing, which which drives me crazy. Which is, yeah. Yeah. Which actually, um, there's an author that I actually follow. I forgot. Uh, she goes, I think by, uh, city witch or something. I can't remember now. Now I can't remember. I actually just got her book, but she talks about this too, like this whole manifestation culture, right? Mm. Which is not magic. Manifestation (laughs) is not magic. And people keep equating them to be the same thing. Practicing witchcraft (laughs) encompasses magic, which is spell casting. Mm -hmm. But manifestation does not equal witchcraft and it's not magic. It's Mm -hmm. a type of thinking. It's Mm -hmm. they actually she talks about it in some of her videos talking about that. It's um, it was actually called New Thought Mm -hmm. um, that like um, uh, Walter Emerson and like all these like, you know, um, writers and, and, you know, uh, um, artists and stuff were Mm -hmm. were doing it back Mm -hmm. in, I guess, like so like Walter Emerson's from when, like what years? I can't even remember. It's like late 1800s. Still settler. Yeah, I think yeah. so. So, and I'm sorry for any like, you know, history buffs when it comes to <laughs> Emerson. I'm mm-hmm. terrible with dates, mm-hmm. uh, but it goes that far back, and it's just a type. If it's like a, it's like a new type of philosophy mm-hmm. that started in the uh, two two centuries ago, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it's not. It's not magic. Yeah. It's not witchcraft. It's a whole other thing. And I'm not saying it doesn't work because it does work for a lot of people. Of but there is this, the whole thing of manifestation too, is this uh, centering around really truly around the self too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And which is different than also like with witchcraft or anything is witchcraft. A lot of times we may not be doing it just for ourselves. We may be doing it for our community. We may be doing it for a family member or for the betterment of the planet or for whatever the betterment of something else. Um and I, I feel like there's more of a responsibility mm-hmm. and an and an understanding of repercussions mm-hmm. when you're doing spellcasting mm-hmm. versus manifestation. I feel like manifestation or or new thought is definitely one of those things where people are just like, I want this and I'm just gonna think about it and it's gonna happen. And I don't give a shit of what happens to anybody else in the process. And I don't think anybody's actually saying that, but I feel like it definitely is one of those things you do. <laughs> But I think where people, it's very self-centered where there's no understanding of the, that whatever you may be trying to manifest might affect others where witchcraft in, in planning a spell, planning a spell takes so much work. I will spend an entire day and talking like eight hours studying just the aspects, even though I've been doing this for over 33 years every aspect of the spell writing every part of it and everything to make sure that in no way am i harming anyone or anything mm-hmm. or you know the spell backfires on me mm-hmm. and it comes out a different way and i feel like people don't understand that that's mm-hmm. a huge difference between manifestation mm-hmm. you know manifesting thoughts versus a manifesting a, a, a spell you know mm-hmm. where one is more of a philosophy and the other one is really like an action and an understanding the repercussions of those actions too i totally agree and i feel like yeah it's the it's the consequence it's you know and i feel like that and i get it you know in the consumerist culture capitalist culture it's a lot of i want this now and i'm not thinking about anything beyond that right which i mean yeah i mean we're human yes we want things it's not like we're just living in a bubble you know i get that too but yeah, I feel like it's like you're just saying the lack of responsibility and accountability is what is, and also a big term that I've been working with my clients with is uh, integration. That's mm-hmm. huge. And I've noticed that a lot. I would see a lot of people like rushing to do uh, Reiki attunements mm-hmm. or um, go into a meditation class, like a weekend thing, um, like doing things really kind of like quickly. And but it's like, is not now you have this knowledge now you have to put it into your practice right and i feel like what again this is not a judgment on anybody i feel like i'm calling you out yeah if i'm if you feel that then maybe i'm just gonna be honest maybe these are just opinions yeah, you do need to maybe explore but i do feel like and again i do this too where i have to be mindful of like not just rushing into something and sometimes too i do feel like i rush into things or do a class and i'm like you know what it doesn't really resonate yeah or it doesn't really sit and that's okay it's okay to like 
not have to stick with something because you did it. But then if I really do connect with something, I do have to sit with it. I have to integrate exactly what I've learned and what I've been taught. And it's like, I don't know if I told, I told someone this recently, um, when I learned the Akashic records, I remember that class was at Maharose and um, I kind of like, I really knew how to do it, but I just, I wanted to take a class with other people mm-hmm. just to kind of build that community. And it was about 60 people in the class. It was insane. Wow. It was like, cause Maharose is quite a big space and it was amazing. It was a beautiful weekend, met a lot of people and, you know, it was very intensive. We did a lot of practice. And from that day on, I was like, this is I love this. I love this thing. And I love this practice. And I'm the kind of person, and it could just be me. It's not like everybody has to do this, but I was like doing this a few times a week, sometimes every day. I was in the records, learning, learning, figuring it out, feeling things out. And I remember looking back and trying to find, like, I think out of the 60 people, maybe like two of us are still practicing it and actually doing it professionally, mm-hmm. which is just probably, I mean, statistically, that's probably how it works. Yeah. But you see that a lot, like these Reiki classes, people kind of like, which is great. I feel like obviously with the Reiki healing, energy healing, you have the first tenant is you healing yourself right. and you sit with that energy for quite some time right. before you begin healing other people. Um, and I just feel like, yeah, I mean, the integration process is so important. It's different for everybody. It could be six months. It could be two. It could be a year, five years for some people. It all depends. But I feel like the integration process is so important um, that it's like, yeah, when you, and then, I don't know, I think it's probably too why people kind of give up on things. It's like, true. Yeah, I don't know. It's true. But like what you're talking about, the Akashic mm-hmm. Arc specifically, I think with a lot of these spiritual learnings, like, yes, a lot of people are attracted to it, but m- maybe they weren't meant to like full on yeah. be part of it. Mm-hmm. Like maybe they were meant to, like, or maybe that's like what they decided before they got here mm-hmm. that they wanted to remember this and yeah. to like, understand it exists but necessarily put it into practice and then there's others like you who are here to possibly help the everybody else who doesn't know how to access and stuff to be able to do that right so i think there's the people who need the knowledge just to sort of understand that it exists Mm -hmm. versus the people that need the knowledge or need to relearn the knowledge Mm -hmm. to help others and sure. I think that's the, that could be yeah. also why yeah. you see that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why someone like yourself would take the time to integrate. Yeah, right? it's important. Because it's like, important yeah. and it's part of your calling. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the difference too, right? Yeah, um, for sure. I mean, like you said, the calling is so important. Like I, I know for a fact, like I know this is the work that I'm supposed to be doing. That's like without a question. So I definitely get that. But I think what makes me nervous is uh, seeing... Not everybody, but seeing a few practitioners who don't take the time. I think that's what I'm worried about. Like, don't take the time to integrate for themselves and then rush to make it a business Mm -hmm. or rush to make it, to make money from, or to like, oh, I want to help people, which is great and it's admirable. But then it's like, you know, yeah, it's like, you know, I mean, as I'm sure you, you experience this, when we're practitioners, we, we go through you know, really extreme ascension symptoms and awaken, you know, the awakenings happen a lot more often and they're not like pleasant. We're not running in the fields, no. daisies. Like this is, I mean, I, as you, I've been, you talking to you, you know, before, like Violet, I've been sick for months. I've been, I off and on, I had this cold, this flu that will, will come in intensity and then it'll be really strong and I can't do anything. And then I'll be okay. And then it just comes back and it's been happening. It's like, but I know that I'm integrating some, some material, some frequency that my, maybe my soul is still trying to like help me to elevate my vibration. And it's intense. And I'm still, I have to live in the world at the same time. Right. So yeah. I still have to like see clients and then like, I'm, I'm like, my whole body is like in pain. Um, so yeah, I say this all to say that like, it's, it's important to be able to like, yeah, to know where that stands. I guess information of course is amazing. Um, but I feel like what worries me sometimes it's like, um, people who don't take the time who actually want to make it a business, yeah. but who are not taking the time to actually integrate. But I think that's the thing mm-hmm. is like the intention behind it to begin with, mm-hmm. right. Where like, you know, we've seen certain people mm-hmm. who will not be named <laughs> who literally will read a book and then try to teach a class on it or something like that, which is really harmful and i don't understand how someone doesn't understand that Mm -hmm. i have been a witch for 
like I said, over 33 years. Mm -hmm. And it's only now that I've decided to start teaching (laughs) because, and maybe I could have taught before, but I mean, also again, the times were different and people weren't open to this stuff, but I just, I felt like I needed to feel like where I was truly in my power and understood everything I'm doing and have put it into practice for so many years at this point Mm -hmm. that to me, it's like riding a bike situation. And I Mm -hmm. feel like that when it comes to this kind of stuff, that's so serious and could be so impactful on people's lives, like serious implications, Mm -hmm. especially with like witchcraft, you know, spell casting has massive implications. It can really F up people's lives. I think people don't take it serious enough and, um, you know, rush in Mm -hmm. and, even if it's for themselves and if you're doing it for yourself, you know what, like chances are you're going to hurt yourself more than anything. So that is up to you, but it's when you decide you're going to go teach yeah. people, right. When you yeah. barely, you know, like you're basically trying to run before you learn to crawl and it's, <laughs> it, it doesn't work. It doesn't yeah. work. And all you're going to do is hurt other people. And I'm sorry if this is uh, upsetting for anybody. Again, this is my opinion. This is not a fact. Uh, I just, I really like when people, uh, take the time to take responsibility mm-hmm. and to un- and to be self-aware. And by me, by self-aware, I mean your impact on others and everything around you. Mm-hmm. And that is something I feel like is very lacking in our society these days. The lack of self-awareness where your what you do does impact others. Mm-hmm. Just because you say like, no, it's my business and blah, blah, blah doesn't mean that it's just going to impact you. It's going to impact others. And you need to be a responsible human being and make sure that you're not hurting others. Um, you know, unless you're a sociopath and then you don't care. So then that's that, you know? I, it's interesting you say that. I feel there's a lot more of that than we think there. There's more sociopaths. I think there's a lot of people who are just like, I just, I'm here for this. I'm here for money, which is all well and good. Maybe this is, like you said, maybe this is their path. Maybe their calling is to just make money, which is, Okay, that's fine. Yeah. But like you said, it's the, I just so smiling with the, uh, just reading a book and just deciding. I mean, you know what it is? It's very interesting with the pandemic. Because we had the North Node and Gemini, yeah. right? That whole time period and Gemini energy is all about communication and like us, all of us as a collective kind of tapping into that, which is, of course, us being in a pandemic being confined to the internet as like our only source of entertainment. Yeah. And so that was, that was the whole North Node Gemini thing. But what came from that too, what I've noticed is that course creation became a new form of a nine to five, mm-hmm. right? Becoming a business owner was, I remember like my accountant was saying that he gets inundated with all these people that want to create LLCs and it happened in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And then like only like 5% of those businesses actually still are around, right? which is you know, but it's like, he was like, the boom has been insane. Right. And especially with course creation, because I've, I've, you know, been creating courses for a while now and I've used, I've pretty much have an idea of like all the major systems. Like I know Kajabi, I know Thinkific, I know Podia, because I've researched all of them. I've actually done courses on all of these different platforms and figure out what works for me. And, and I feel like what's been mm-hmm. happening is that these course creation platforms, of course, because they're a business and they want to make money. So their whole thing is like anybody can teach a course. Right. Anybody can do this. And I've, I'm an, I've an actual teacher. I used to teach. I taught elementary school. I taught junior high school, high school and college. And it's I mean, this is the, I mean, this is my whole rant about te- people not um really understanding how hard teaching is like creating course curriculum, being able to, you know, work with 30 different bodies, um, to different personalities and teach them all this, like the same thing. Yeah. It's hard. This is not like, it's like everybody decides to be an accountant, right? It's like, <laughs> that's not really how it works. Right. So I just feel like, you know, this course creation boom has been also responsible for that too. It's been like, everybody can just like, and then I've literally done these courses where they'll have like a, like a precursor, um, connect, like everybody will kind of talk about stuff. And literally these, these platforms will be like, so the first thing to do is what are you good at? And then people be like, oh, I like this. I like that. And they're like, teach on it. Like, you create a course, make some money. Well, and then literally they're like pointing like, Oh my gosh. Like, and these people, and then they run off and they just follow this formula. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, a lot of times they fall out of love because it's not, it was a hobby for them or it was right. something where they just 
knew the basics of this. Right. And then, you know, that's what happens when you're teaching with people or teaching in general, you have to, I'm not saying you have to know to be an expert in everything, but you have to be able to say someone throws out a question. It's like, Hey, this is happening to me. What do I do with this? And it's like, I don't know. You figure it out. You have Google, right? I've, just, I've literally seen people respond this way. Oh my God. So it's like, I feel like there's so much happening in regards to how this boom has shifted because I just feel like, yeah, I mean, it's also us moving away from a capitalist system where a lot of people don't want to work at, you know, nine to five or work at their jobs because they don't really love what they're doing. And I totally get that. Right. But I don't feel like the answer for everybody is to create, teach or create courses or, you know, kind of like selling yourself all the time. I don't feel like that's the answer either. Yeah. I mean, like, and I just started, you know, putting my classes together yeah. and I'll tell you right now, it is not fun <laughs> editing all that stuff too. I mean, cause I'm sure people will sometimes just slap some things together, but I'm not, not a slap things together kind of person. <laughs> I need to have aesthetic mm-hmm. order and I want things mm-hmm. to be really clear for the person who's, who's learning. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's so important and for them to have references and to make sure that things are checked that, you know, I'm not just making up things, you know, I think all those things are really uh, important with teaching. And I mean, you know what, I think our, our society has always had such a lack of respect for teachers to begin with. I mean, look how terrible we pay our teachers um, that everybody thinks that they can be a teacher Yeah, and that everybody's it was made to be a teacher and that's okay. Yes. You might be really <laughs> awesome at something else, but not everyone's good at teaching. And that's mm-hmm. just the way it is. And sometimes you just don't have the experience yet to teach. And maybe you will at some point, mm-hmm. but you know, you have to be responsible in that because teaching other people is a huge responsibility. I mean, I was just thinking while, while you were talking about mm-hmm. like the root of the word teacher, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't know where the English one comes, but the Latin one, maestro, you know, like in Spanish, maestro, and that's the same thing in Italian. The the word implies you're a master. You're a master of your trade, of whatever it is that you're teaching. So you've mastered the skill. Mm -hmm. So you're accomplished at this. Yeah. So if you're not, you haven't mastered the skill, why (laughs) are you teaching it? You know? I mean, I... I did like a PhD program. I didn't actually like follow like finish, but I've had advisors in those program, which, you know, if you know academics, um, there are different types of breed of people. <laughs> very, very nerdy, very like into their topic. Amazing people, so knowledgeable. But I remember being in the in the program and out of like, I don't know, 30 professors, there's all, you know, you, you go to college and you have those one professors, those two that you really want to go to their class because they're engaging. They know that, and not only that they know the subject, but they actually like know how to relay it in a way that someone can actually understand it. And then the other, other professors are literally just there and they're just like, I've had professors where they're just reading from a script and they don't even look at you mm-hmm. the whole time. Or professors where they're like surly the whole time. They don't want to talk to people, right. which is fine, fair enough. But you're not meant to be doing, you're not meant right. to be teaching. You're, you're, you're meant to be a researcher. That's for sure. Right. They're amazing at that. Put you in a library somewhere in the back, in the back room. You don't <laughs> right. want to talk to people. Don't fear on humans. Why are you talking? Like, if you don't want to be here, like talking to people, then just like acknowledge that. So right. I just feel like, there's, I feel like, you know, hopefully we can get to that point where we see that there are other approaches to relaying information. Right, exactly. And I feel like, you know, I mean, this is why, you know, YouTube is great. And uh, I mean, I love the boom of YouTube because it's like you can teach and you can be on video. Some people are good on video, some people are not. Um, but I feel like it's finding what works for you. And maybe you do have some information, but maybe it's not about, you know, like having a course. Maybe it's another way of sharing what you know that can bring um, money in. Right. And and we're not saying that you should be like, you know, um, a struggling artist or a struggling teacher. Like that's, I feel like teachers should not be struggling. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. A lot more. Teachers Um, should definitely be getting paid more. Oh my gosh. From the pandemic, I'm so glad like I wasn't a teacher. I mean, well, I was teaching, but I wasn't teaching like elementary school. My hats, I don't have children, but my hats, I mean, I still, I, I still think back to what teachers had to experience with the e-learning process. Yeah. And I was teaching adults and that was still, I was like hurting, hurting cats, you know, so I can only imagine (laughs) 
what it was like trying to teach like six-year-olds to like focus on the camera and yeah. like read your book they must have been like all over the place yeah like, like they were literally in their rooms <laughs> with toys and stuff so oh, I can't even imagine gosh. it's like in a classroom it's already hard so I was just like and the teachers didn't get raises from this that's a whole nother thing yeah but, yeah but yeah, anyway, <laughs> yes, we went with a little tangent uh, on, on teaching, but yeah. I think, you know, basically what we're trying to say is mm-hmm. that, that like people are cashing in on spirituality mm-hmm. and especially the spirituality of witchcraft mm-hmm. and, and making it a product and mm-hmm. it's not a product. And one of the things that bothers me a lot is like with any major religion, no mm-hmm. one's doing this. And, and I'm going to switch gears here to talk about like, how people use witchcraft as an aesthetic Mm. witchcraft is not an aesthetic you know people dressing in black and having all these like (laughs) you know skulls and things Mm. in their house and like uh, is not a witchcraft aesthetic it's Mm. goth it's what it is or emo or whatever else Mm. that's an actual style witchcraft is a type of spirituality and it's not an established religion because witchcraft can be for anybody with any sort of you know core belief systems you can you can be catholic in a witch you could be a you could be jewish in a witch you can be whatever you know it could be blended in a million different ways Mm -hmm. but it's not an aesthetic so Mm -hmm. when people are just like oh i am witchy today like does anybody (laughs) walk around going like oh i'm christian today you know like it's kind of buddhist very buddhist say i'm very look at this jewish outfit i have on you're like what it doesn't make any sense whatsoever it's weird to me like as a concept it's odd to me to do that and I, and it's a little I find it a little disrespectful as for someone who's been practicing this mm-hmm. majority of my life you know like I respect other people's religious beliefs and spiritual beliefs mm-hmm. and I would never in a million years go like you know well I have this in my home as an aesthetic as opposed to my spiritual beliefs or I'm dressing this way because I find your aesthetic and it's you know, it borders on appropriation, you know, a, a little bit, you know, in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, you know, like, I don't want to go down the the road of cultural appropriation because it's not cultural appropriation, but there is some form of disrespect and harm that comes from this type of um, aesthetic or the, or calling an aesthetic uh, after a spiritual belief. You know, no one, like I like no one is, is naming themselves or their aesthetic some other belief system which is it's just it's odd to me it is very strange and it's i mean we could definitely talk about like we were talking about us like when we were growing up and um i think like you were more like in the look of you have like a pentagram on your jacket yeah. and that sort of thing so you know we, i mean how like even like okay growing up with that we we couldn't like declare this. Even me, I mean, like you said, I've been in for 33 years. I've been doing this like all my life and I'm still trying to come out of the witchy closet. Right. Because, and this is like, I'm in my forties and I'm like, this is so strange to me. I know that I'm probably dealing with some past life stuff with this, but it's just like, how is it that I've been doing this work for so long? And I'm I'm like, I'm even afraid, I'm afraid, I'm nervous to even like, you know, doing this podcast has been like a huge I feel like healing process of like talking about this so openly, but I was so afraid because I grew up with, you know, uh, not being talked to in junior high school for two years because I would say, and my friend finding my tarot cards and calling me a witch and calling me a voodoo queen. And um, because I am Haitian, you know, the association with being like practicing voodoo and then actually like, yeah, I kind of do that. So like, I'm like, I don't want to tell people. I remember like not wanting to tell people that I was like, um, Haitian or half Haitian or Caribbean because they would immediately assume that and then they would look at me and probably think that too because right. I probably what I was. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I mean, you're kind of right. But it was like, but it was a negative thing. Right, right. And I mean, how do you feel about that? I mean, for me, I definitely always had the New York attitude of giving zero fucks about what anybody <laughs> thinks of me as far as like, uh, you know, what I look like, you know, on a personal basis, like person to person that I meet, it was very different versus like me being out on the street. I had a very goth style. Mm-hmm. I still kind of have a little bit of it. I wouldn't call it completely goth. Um, but I had, uh, I would walk around with a jacket that had a pentagram and the charge of the goddess on it, you know, that I wrote on it. Mm-hmm. And, but to me, that was just like a protection for me to wear. Right. And that's all I thought of it. And not that I would wanted to declare to everybody that I was a witch because I would wear my pentagram inside my clothing and like, mm-hmm. or hidden, um, I would never tell anybody that I was a witch except those people who were very close to me. Mm-hmm. 
And even now to this day, I have a hard time uh, saying it to some people just because I don't want just another type of discrimination. I mean, coming out as queer every single time I meet somebody mm -hmm. is enough to add to that, to be a witch, you know, like being a queer witch. Yay. That's like two labels already that have so much, you know, that are so loaded for some people that I have so much negative connotation, right? Though, So it's hard to be authentic in the sense of like how people will wear like their Christianity or Judaism out and proud, you mm -hmm. know, uh, it's very hard to do that. Mm -hmm. um, and then like, you know, when they do find out, I mean, I had recently in the last year, somebody say to me, you know, so you're a witch, do something witchy. Oh and I'm like, so you're a Christian. <laughs> and I actually responded, so you're a Christian, do something Christian. <laughs> <laughs> you know, baptize me. You know? <laughs> Come on, like raise your holy water, right? Like, do like, it. Come on, you know, just respect. I respect you, and I respect mm -hmm. your beliefs. You're allowed to believe whatever you want to believe, and I completely respect. It. And I would never, like, you know, criticize your your faith or your beliefs or spirituality or whatever you want to call it or whatever you believe. I'm not going to criticize it or try to ask you to perform. Mm -hmm. You know. It's a commodification of it. And it's like, I'm thinking back to um, seeing like, uh, like, you know, uh, like all these like popular stores now, you know, like um, Anthropology, you know, it's like all these stores are just like selling tarot decks everywhere and selling like sage. And it's even the sage is like not like where, where's that being, how is it being harvested? And it's just so mm -hmm. many different things. And it's just, and crystals are, and it's like, they're literally glass, you know, like you're buying stuff from five below this is not these are real stuff and these incense that you buy from these places are, are so toxic yeah they're mixed toxic. with sawdust and all these things that are like you ingest you inhale yeah. that right it's it's attaching to your lungs like this is and it's like you're i don't know it's just it's, it's blowing my mind and it's like it's becoming this huge commodification it really is that has which i feel is also which again this is my own conspiracy i'm an aquarius so i have all these <laughs> conspiracy theories but to me, I do feel like there is a a bigger um, goal in mind in terms of the businesses. I feel like a lot of them, they know what they're doing. And I feel like they are kind of trying to almost like um, uh, take away the actual power and agency of witchcraft by like having tarot readings at McDonald's. You know, yeah. like I feel like it's almost like, oh, so I can get a Big Mac and a tarot reading. Like, oh, like, wait, ooh. are they really doing that? They were doing that are over. I think sometime last year, but then they stopped because it was like people were just, it was, it, it just is. When I saw that, I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm done. It's done. Exactly. It's, it's broom closet. Because it's like, you know, but like big companies like that, like capitalizing on it yeah. is so, yeah, like I said, the disrespect is just so, it's so insane. It's like, super disrespectful. Yeah. Urban does it. Like, yeah, Urban, Urban's one of the biggest ones. They, they have, like, these whole, like, kits and everything, like, basically like a witchcraft kit. Mm -hmm. And what bothers me is that some actual real witches mm -hmm. that just happen to be very popular mm -hmm. will back this shit up. What are you doing? Yeah. You're hurting all of us. You're hurting the whole community when you do this. You're making witchcraft a joke. Yeah. And it's not, so it you know, and basically, so you're allowing the bigger religions to say, look, see, see, they're, they're just, they're about worldliness. They're about, you know, uh, these like devil practices or whatever they want to mm -hmm. call them. And it's really harmful to all of us. I just, mm -hmm. I don't understand it. I really don't. And then with the, the crystals too, on top of it, that really bothers me. Like I have a lot of crystals, but I stopped buying them years ago at this point because crystals. If people don't even think about this there's literally no accountability for it mm -hmm. there's entire regions that are being mm -hmm. that their their waters their lands are being poisoned by the uh the extraction processes mm -hmm. you know yeah. like they don't care that they're there are entire um cities in the u.s that are suing companies mm -hmm. because their waters have been poisoned basically mm -hmm. through the process of, of removing crystals from mines. You know, some crystals come from the byproduct of uh, gold and, and uh, ore and copper mining. Mm -hmm. 
uh, which happens a lot in Brazil for sure. And, and some of it in the U S yeah, exactly. In Africa too. Mm -hmm. Africa is the worst because they're also using children Mm -hmm. to do the mining. Like in the Congo, absolutely do not buy any crystal that comes from the Congo. Um, but, and I, I think people just don't think about those things Mm -hmm. either. And I think that's another part of witchcraft that should be very important. Mm -hmm. And if you're a real witch and you're working with the earth's energies, right? How would you then just spit in her face basically by doing that, by participating in these things that are actually harming our planet, Mm -hmm. harming its people, harming its animals, harming its plant life. You need to be more conscious of what you're doing. And yes, I am, I am, I'm like, I am, I am actually judging at this moment. I am, and I'm not going to, not going to, like, I'm not a judgmental person, but in that, in this, I will say that it is judging because you cannot practice witchcraft and use the, the goddess's energy, the earth's Mm -hmm. energy, the celestial energy, any of these things and, and consciously hurting the planet just because Mm -hmm. you're going to make believe it's not existing. Doesn't mean it doesn't exist the planet gets hurt by these things and people get hurt by these things and mm-hmm. animals get hurt by these things. Everything around us gets hurt by commodification of witchcraft because of the things that are being produced by it. Like you just mm-hmm. said with the sage, mm-hmm. no one should be using sage period. I mean, it is the reason why we are, we want it to be just used by native Americans because it's a native plant to the U S mm-hmm. that's been wild crap. Wildcrafted to death to the point of almost extinction. So, I mean, yes, a lot of the seeds that they're they're selling is cultivated, so they're having farms, but it takes away from its sacredness and the mm-hmm. sacredness of the plant. So again, That's we're yeah. right, yeah. exactly, and Palo Santo as well. Palo yeah, Santo, exactly. The, the, the trees are actually they're like restricting because now, and also a lot of the Palo Santo wood that you're seeing are is not actually Palo Santo. These are other like um like like they're just putting the oil on the plants on the on the wood so it smells like it. So even that is like we don't know kind of what, what are you ingesting like what and we're talking about I mean we have a whole and then we'll talk we'll have a, another episode about ethical wildcrafting. Yeah. But I feel like you said about harming because getting about crystals like yes even for myself I mean not even, yeah. I have I own crystals yeah. and I've actually like you said I've stopped purchasing them as well because I feel what I've actually been connecting with is actually going out and I'll pick up stones and rocks and crystals. I'm like literally like a hermit crab. I'm picking up all this stuff because I'm like, okay, you know, Alex, you know, the earth, like, what do you want me to take? And like, I'll find things. And I feel like for me, like that has the same energy, similar energy to crystals. When we think about it, if you're taking all the crystals out of the earth, it's like they're there for a reason. They're mm-hmm. they're holding a vibration, mm-hmm. right? So if you're holding it and you're just putting it in your house just to look pretty, like it's not, it's, I don't know, like you said, it takes away the sacredness of it. It takes away what, like the crystals are in the earth for a reason, right? And like I said, with, with wildcrafting, which we will have a whole, a whole talk about, um, you know, even when I'm like, like harvesting and looking for like I have like a whole field of mugwort and I'll take like a small amount right. because I know like literally I'm harvesting and there are like bees and and insects that are like hey like that's mine you that's know? my food yeah so I'm like oh like I'll just take a small amount and I'll just that'll be enough for me and I'll leave as much like you all can take as much as you want I mean we have to also be mindful of things like that right so it's just it's I feel like yeah there's so much going into this that we can go into detail. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, I mean, we're we're just kind of stating our opinions about this, but this is also the opinions of two witches who have been doing this for a long time and have watched as well um the <laughs> the uh demonizing of witchcraft mm-hmm. and actually seeing it like change and shift into this new thing um becoming mainstream basically exactly which is so strange i mean even like i've you know started saying it more now like that i'm a witch and i actually like not seeing people even blink an eye yeah these are like construction workers and they're like oh okay like my sister's a witch too and i'm like is she like really like okay like it's it's weird. Like if I were to say this like five years ago, I'm I'm sure I probably would have, and I was living in England at the time. I'm sure they would have reinstated. And I live in a small town. It was very Christian. I'm like, I'm sure they would, they all had their RME anyway. Um, so they've been like, um, like let, let, let's get the, the steak ready for, you know, like, I don't know. It was very provincial town, but um, it just, it blows my mind. 
Yeah. Just, it's very. And, and what I'm saying here, though, like you're not allowed to come to get paid for your services because mm-hmm. absolutely you should. If you are a witch who's doing spells for the public mm-hmm. or you're doing readings or whatever, you should be adequately compensated. That absolutely sure. you should be. You should be able to, you know, pay your bills 100 mm-hmm. percent. You're allowed to do that. But it's just more, I think, of the people who are just doing it as a commodification like Mm -hmm. they have no spiritual belief behind it like you know i i follow actually a lot of wonderful witches Mm -hmm. online and i know that they have a true practice Mm -hmm. and i respect them tremendously uh for the beautiful businesses that they've created that are helping people you know and 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 that's the other side right that there are people who are true witches out there that are helping people and they're getting paid to do it and good for them. And I highly applaud that. And I think that is wonderful. I What I have a problem is the masses of people who are using it as uh, as commodifying it through aesthetic. And that's all it is. It's really all about aesthetic because, you know, we've all grown up with all these like witch movies and stuff that, you know, like show what a witch should look like and a witch should be wearing what a witch's house should look like and everything. It's and that has turned into sort of like a a, a profit making like aesthetic machine kind of mm-hmm. thing, you know, yeah. and that's the thing that bothers me, For you sure. know, not, not the witches out there that are true witches been practicing this for a while, helping people out with their craft mm-hmm. and in a very respectful and very appropriate way are getting paid for their services, which they absolutely deserve. Yeah. you know and that there's a huge difference in that definitely definitely it's like I always feel like um and I feel just you know we're both kind of guests which is part of, I mean I wouldn't say like I don't even want to like label I don't put a label but I feel like every witch should be focused on sustainability mm-hmm. and I feel like that is a big focus for for us for you yeah. for you especially like that's a yeah. huge part of your that's practice that's a huge part of my practice yeah and I feel like you know it's interesting just like looking around like our rooms and stuff like we have shells that we've collected and I just feel like it's being very mindful and very um, intentional about what the things that you have. I think intentionality is probably one of the, I don't know, maybe that's a a way to, to know, like, is this, does it serve a purpose? (laughs) Like, am I just accumulating a thousand crystals just to have it? Or am I, I mean, maybe you might want to be surrounded by crystals. Maybe that's what you want your house to look like. And that's great. But is there an intention? Is there an actual purpose? like yeah the practice behind it or intention behind it like is it really for a thing or is it just because you want people to look come to your house and say oh your house looks so cool because you have this like massive amethyst or whatever like but are you working with the amethyst are you honoring it are you are you you treating it like a being that it is you know yeah are you using it for astral travel are you just putting on a corner because it looks cool in your right in your apartment which is i mean yeah i mean I get it. I mean, it's one of those things where I'm always trying to play devil's advocate. Where I, I get the aesthetic, like yeah, things, yeah, absolutely, you know, like, like pretty things. Yeah, so, exactly. There's no one that yeah. doesn't like nice things, you know. Yeah, but, but yeah, yeah, but like even like and like I said, mm-hmm. I'm as guilty as anyone of having mm-hmm. plenty of crystals in my house. But every time I bought a crystal, it was for a very specific reason. And I mean, like I walk around with this crystal that I have mm-hmm. on, and this to me is this is my friend. Like yeah. I literally think of this. Crystal, as my friend, as a living being that walks around with mm-hmm. me and that I take care of and it takes care of me. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a, like a symbiotic relationship. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think there's the difference versus just going like, oh, this crystal is so pretty. I just want to put it in my bedroom. Mm-hmm. You know, you making the choice to buy that crystal mm-hmm. comes with a lot of impact behind it for communities for light other lives so if you're just buying and it's not just a crystal we're talking about here the crystals just as one thing like Mm -hmm. if you're buying it just for the aesthetic you know Mm -hmm. it's you want to really think about that just think about it like that you're buying something that is really harming other things just for the aesthetic not even for a spiritual connection you know like Mm -hmm. not that i it makes it better for a spiritual connection necessarily, but at least there is a higher intent there mm-hmm. versus just a very uh, mundane, superficial intent. 
And I feel like it actually can't harm the person. I mean, how many, I mean, have you heard the Moldavite stories? Like, oh no. I mean, Moldavite is like, there are certain crystals that are super strong and super, like they have properties, mm-hmm. right? And I mean, Moldavite is, I'm saying, picking out this because it's one, like a really strong um, crystal that if you're not like, it, it can like, it can fuck you up, you know? <laughs> like, like there's certain crystals that actually, like you have to be careful about what you're working. So it can't actually harm the person too. Right. It's like, it's, I don't know. I just, um, yeah, I feel it's just, I think it's my being mindful. I think, but I feel like that's also being lost in our society. Unfortunately, the mindfulness, just being conscious of, and we have to be conscious all the time. And I know that's like, I say hundred percent of the time I'm not, you know, I do certain things that I'm like, I completely over my head, but it's, I don't know. I think we just tying up our just talk to it. So I feel like yeah. uh, we've we talked a lot about our opinions about things, but this is of course yeah. opinions. Right? Yeah, opinions, exactly. Thank you for joining us. If you like this podcast, please remember to rate us and leave a review on whatever streaming service you are listening on, Spotify, Apple, YouTube, so more people can enjoy it. <clears throat> We appreciate you all very much. Thank you for listening to us rant. Seriously. This is the Witness Tea with Malloran from Lonely Divination. And Violet from Violet the Green Witch and Fox and Bear Healing. Remember you are magic. And life is weird. Thank you. Thanks.